Howdy, folks. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, Katie and I are going to be responding to a question that we got during our Q&A poll. And the question was, how do you deal with all that's going on in the world? And we thought, why not kind of interact with this question? And it made it did, the question did make Katie and I consider how we do deal with all that's going on in the world. And maybe there are some things you can take away from that. And I think there are certainly th some things that we have learned in contemplating this question. Folks, thank you all so much for listening to the podcast. If you enjoy it, please leave a rating or a review on iTunes. If you watch on YouTube, please give it a thumbs up or subscribe or hit the like button. Hit the like button and a thumbs up, both those. Uh, or... Or share it on social media. I don't know. All the things. Let's just get this thing rolling. The Now That We're a Family Podcast. So you might be surprised to see our faces here yet again, three times in a week. It's kind of, kind of. It's the first time we've ever done this. Three podcasts in one week. And I think I like it. I know I always like sitting down and talking with you and as we're going to discuss in today's episode, every time we record a podcast, it forces us to think through various topics. You know, even yesterday when we were recording what we're doing with homeschooling, that was really fun to kind of get on the same page once again. I mean, we, we said we feel very aligned with homeschooling, but even talking it out again was more aligning. And I feel like that happens time and time again when you and I sit down in this context and talk through various subjects. Because, uh, yeah, I get to hear what you're thinking and various things and and of course, you get to hear what I'm thinking. And so I'm grateful for it. Presumptuous. That was the word I was thinking of. Oh. It seems very presumptuous. But yes, you are right to all those things. And we are doing something a little bit different this December. And we are putting out an episode Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday instead of our regular Tuesday episode. Mm. And then we kind of started sneaking a Thursday episode in there. I don't know if you guys caught that. And now we're doing Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So we'll see how that goes. We're just running it for December. But it is it has been fun. It's been a fun little evening routine for us to sit down and visit with you guys. So the question is, how do we deal with all that's going on in the world? And the truth is, we don't have time for it. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're recording a podcast three nights a week. It's funny. I know you're saying that in jest, but there is some truth to having a full life and really filling your life with the things that God has right before you and choosing to be more or less consumed with those things. And I do think, you know, we want to be consumed with, with all that God has for us according to his will. Obviously that comes through his word, uh, his church, the family that we have been blessed with here on earth. And as of late, it's funny when I read that question, it's not that I'm totally, totally ignorant, naive as to what's going on in the world. Probably, you know, someone argue that maybe I need, I need to be more informed, but as we've stated before, you know, I listen, well, you know, a few days a week, I listen to Albert Moeller, the briefing, uh, and then I listen to NPR pretty regularly when I'm driving around in the car. And so my head's not completely in the sand when it comes to world events. And then in addition to that, and this may be where you get some of your news, Katie, is that we've got family members that are regularly sending us articles uh, news articles about various world events. And I don't have the opportunity to read all of them, but I do open my email box, you know, more days than not and find an article 
from a family member that they think I would be interested in that pertains to, to world events. Yeah. It's funny because I would say I don't pay attention to world events at all as in like it's not part of my to-do list. But if something, I, I always know the big things that are going on in the world because everybody talks about the big things. It's like you can't avoid it. You're at church, you're at small group, mm. you're in the family text thread, uh, you log on to YouTube, it's suggested videos. Regardless of what voices you're listening to or what news outlets or like I don't listen to any news outlets, but I listen to a lot of different people and all these people give their take on something when mm. it's big, you know, when it's a war, <laughs> like when you have Israel or when you have uh, Ukraine and Russia mm -hmm. or um, a vaccine or a mandate or, you know, that stuff, everyone's got their opinion on it and is doing an opinion piece online. And so I don't have to try to figure out what's going on in the world. I feel like it's just coming at me. Hmm. Yeah. And, and I get a general beat on it, I should say, just by reading the headlines on this stuff. Yeah, every so often, and this happened maybe about this happened about a month ago for me, as I will feel, I guess, the the need or I'll feel some sort of responsibility to be more informed. Well, yeah, it, it happened shortly after the war uh, with Israel and Palestine kicked off that after the Hamas terrorist attacks, I was like, well, I need to be up to date on what's going on here and i like started logging into i think i even said i subscribed to daily wire i was logging into cnn on a regular basis like i said listening to npr and it was like four days of that i was like i like i can't do i can't do this like at this this pace that i set here is not sustainable for my mental emotional you know spiritual well-being and i just kind of went back to the like i said the briefing every morning with albert moeller and occasionally driving around listening to npr and what's interesting about all those things is, you know, I like to look at what's actionable information. Like what, what can we do with the information that we're getting? And I do think it is incumbent upon Christians when they are aware of, of wars, when they're aware of, you know, catastrophes to, to be earnest in prayer and beyond prayer. If there are things that we can do with our dollars, if there are things that we can do with our time to support people in need, I do think that is, that's what Christians do. We've done that since the beginning. We're told to do that, and Christians have consistently done that throughout the history of Christianity. And and I want to say that we do that too. When we become aware, when you become knowledgeable of a particular need because of a world event or a global crisis, it's nice to have trusted people. Like for us, we trust our church and the people that they bring into our church. We, you know, we are members at our church, so when they choose to bring somebody up on, you know, on stage and get them in front of our congregation and ask for support, like we, we really are trusting our church and our church leadership there and, and saying like, oh, this is something that we can, that we can get behind and helping remedy where these refugees in this part of the world, or this is something that's going to help remedy, you know, the, this crisis in, in this part of the world. Yeah. And I do think that there are times where all of a sudden you have to have an opinion on something. So for instance, when the war with Israel started, then immediately I was like, okay, well, I'm not pro-terrorist and I'm pro-Israel. So that's that. It seemed really black and white. And then I remember the first YouTube video that popped up saying something about someone supporting Palestine. And I was just like, what? Like 
someone supporting Palestine? What? And then that was like the beginning of this onslaught of all these different opinions on Israel. And uh, then people rebutting those opinions and saying some of them are replacement theology. And then I was, so then I started thinking, oh, well, what is my opinion on Israel? Yes. Like, are they just, are they God's chosen people? Are Christians God's co- chosen people? What does this yeah, is mean? Is it the nation? nation of Israel or is it ethnic Israel? Yes. Yeah. Like, I just was like, okay, is Israel doing things that are against the law codes? I don't know, whatever like, you call those things. Like the, the war? the war, Yeah, the like war, war yeah. rules, like breaking war rules or yeah. whatever. And I feel like I kind of dove into that yes. for a couple days, just figuring out like, okay, what is our theology around Israel? I was asking Elisha a lot of questions. And um, what does God say about this? Where should we as Christians stand on this side of the issue? Mm. And because it was coming up in conversation, I realized I can't really have an opinion on this. I I don't know. And all of a sudden there's a lot more opinions out there than I actually even thought. And I don't even know where I stand on this. And so that was kind of fun to research all that. Obviously it's not fun that these are serious issues and there's serious people's lives that are being lost currently. Mm -hmm. And it's a really heartbreaking situation. But Um, for us here in America, you know, I'm in North Idaho. I'm not currently in Israel. It's it's pretty far removed. And so it was kind of a one or two day thing, a lot of conversation with Elisha. And then I kind of felt like, okay, I know where I stand. I can have a conversation on this. And, and that was what that was. And we'll, that, that was the actionable piece for me, I guess. Sure. It was just, okay. I want to be able to have an answer in this conversation when it comes up. Hey, you guys, I just wanted to tell you real quick about my homeschooling course, Homeschooling the First Three Years. It's all about laying a foundation of joy and confidence and fun and simplified homeschool in your home. So if you're in a place where maybe you're considering homeschooling your kiddos in the next few years, then this course is for you. It's going to break down not only what we do for homeschool and our family and what we've done for the first three years in homeschool, but it's also going to show you exactly how that looks. So I'm going to take a camera around with me vlog style and show you how does it look to homeschool with a baby? How does it look to homeschool with a toddler? How does it look to homeschool multiple grades at one time? How do you navigate um, different learning tendencies? How do you navigate your learning style as a teacher? And how do you motivate children and get them to love learning? I love homeschooling my kids. One of my favorite things that I get to do with them each day. And it's something that I want you to love doing with your children as well. So if you look down in the description box, you will be able to find a discount code where you can get a discount off of homeschool the first three years. And I really hope that it blesses your home. But as it stands now, it's like our local community has plenty of needs that we get to look to. The global reach that we have through our church, we are grateful for, and we get to support that. And then we pray for those that are in need, we pray that Christ reaches all and that the gospel is furthered and that his name is made, you know, that those people in Israel are saved and the people in Palestine are saved and that they all, you know, bend their knee to Christ. That's an easy prayer to make because that as much of a Sunday school answer as that is, that is the answer. Like that is clearly what needs to take place is that Christ needs to be the king in both those places for there to be peace and for there to be any type of resolution. Yeah. And obviously this question wasn't specifically speaking to Israel and Palestine. This was just speaking to 
what do you do with everything going on in the world? Mm -hmm. And that is kind of the big topic that is going on right now, headline-wise. There are dozens and dozens and dozens. There is a new evil every day on any news outlet, in any newspaper, because that is what sells. And yes, our world is small. We are very connected. You know, some of you are listening to this podcast in totally different time zones, in totally different countries. So we are connected, and yet we aren't. Sometimes we like to act like we're more connected than we are, I feel like. And the the whole internet isn't next door neighbor. Mm -hmm. And so we don't have to have the same level of interaction with all of this news or be up to date on all of this stuff um, as we do with our very local news. And so I think sometimes we can get caught up in thinking, well, the world's really, really small. And so I need to know what's going on in Africa and Ukraine and Russia and Israel. And obviously America, we do like to have our fingers in a lot of different pies, uh, for better or for worse. So some of that does pertain to us as a nation and us as countrymen. But I do think that negative news is what sells. And so there is going to be a school shooting and there is going to be um, you know, a child objection and there's going to be a, you know, I don't know, terrorists hijacking something somewhere from here on out. Like I'm just yep. assuming that I can find the negativity if I want. And it can really be a swamp where we go in and we just get really mired down. And if that is taking our eyes off of what Christ has for us here on earth, if it's taking our eyes off of the vision and the focus that we need to have with our own families and our own communities that I really don't see that serving us. Yeah, I go once again, Katie, you said it so well, negativity is always going to be the clickbait. It's always going to be what gets marketing and advertising dollars. And knowing that you have to have such a vigilant filter and proactive filter on what you're choosing to inform yourself in like how, how or like what am I going to proactively go read about? Because if you just are a receiver, if you're just the proverbial baby bird with its mouth open, it's like, hey, feed me. Then what you're going to get is is only negativity and only the really devastating news all of the time. This actually this was so interesting. It was it was like seven or eight months ago. So it was funny because I got onto I think CNN.com. It was it was an outlet like that or MSMSC.com. It was a, it was a liberal news outlet and the the headline i think it said evaluating the shooting in um in a town in oregon the school shooting in a town in, it was this town in oregon and i thought oh my goodness no way another school shooting and i started reading and i was like wait a second this isn't this was from it was from like seven years prior maybe 12 years prior maybe it was 2000 2012 or something and i thought oh that's crazy that really like it's almost like the war in Ukraine had gotten boring to people that wasn't jarring enough. Uh, there, there wasn't enough like bad stuff going on. You know, the, the war with Israel and Palestine hadn't kicked off yet. They needed something really bad for the, for the front page for yeah, that opening line. News. So they needed, they needed like a, you know, a, a, just kind of a 12 year anniversary gory front page school shooting article. I thought, wow, that's nuts that even when there's not an, actively like a school shooting happening they still have to use that type of visceral news to keep people coming back to keep people clicking to keep people subscribed and i thought that is so indicative of, of the human brain and how 
prone we are to just gravitating towards the gory, towards towards the ugly. And and like I said, I don't think as Christians we're supposed to ignore that. Like I don't know who, who could like hear about a school shooting and not be just so saddened by that. Like mm-hmm. and, and you know when you hear about a war and you hear about the casualties, you're like that is crazy sad. And so I do think our heart needs to break. And we need to mourn with those that mourn. But I also think that we were never intended to be as informed as we are mm-hmm. of all the bad that's happening in in the world. Uh, it's crazy when you go back and you read the Bible. Obviously, evil's been around since since the fall of man, and it was not as known throughout all the lands. Like what was like the evil that was happening in small town, you know, Podunkville, upstate, whatever, was not known across the country, or definitely not across the world. And you dealt in a very localized manner in the on the hardships that were that you were working with through through there. And then obviously news would reach about wars, foreign wars and and various famines across the across the land. And you would then kind of worry about it then. But it wasn't this daily 24-7. I know about like this, you know, today I was hearing about the some crisis in Yemen when I was driving and listening to NPR. And so it's like just pile that on top of everything else that you know. And and at some point you're like, I can't, there is there comes a threshold where you're like, I need to look at what the Lord has for me here in my home and and tend to the needs of my children, of my wife, of my local community. And then from there, and I do think that it kind of like, then you are able to see what bandwidth you have afterwards. So it's like you start in your home and with your wife, like I'm going to pour into her, pour into my children. Then you go out a little further to your community. That's your local church or maybe your neighborhood. And then you start working out and then your town, you know, your county, your, your state. And by the time you get to global affairs, whatever bandwidth you have left, you're like, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I do want to pray for that. And you, and you pray for it or you send money or you talk to somebody or you help somebody if you can. Uh, but I do feel like there needs to be like a more and more of an emphasis on localized efforts and, and being informed on a very localized level. Yeah, we were kind of laughing about this because our days have been so full recently <laughs> from early in the morning to late at night. And when we read this question, we were like, it's just not making it on the to-do list yeah. to stay up with global news consistently or to stay up with all that's happening in the world. It's just too much yeah. to stay up on all that's happening in the world. And so we get the we get the spark notes, we get the big picture vision. I mean, and when it comes to practically how we're dealing with everything going on in the world, you know, we've got buckets of dry goods. We have a big dry goods pantry. Yeah. Uh, we got that during 2020 and not to prepare for an apocalypse or anything like that, but just we realized during election years and during I mean, there's going to be wars happening. There's going to be famine. There's going to be different riots. There's going to be things in the news that freak people out and they all go running to the stores. And we don't want to be running to the stores when everyone's running to the stores. There have been bad times in every generation. We've here in America been in a relative generation of ease. Really, it's been almost two generations now where our parents weren't wartime uh, yeah, three generations probably. Um, yeah. Well, Almost three. no, yeah, I wouldn't quite say grandparents because there are some grandparents that like there are some people that fought in the Vietnam War mm-hmm. and yeah, lived through the Depression. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's that, but it's been a relatively very peaceful time, and we just aren't used to anything resembling conflict, yeah. and we freak out at these conflicts that are far away from us because nothing has actually been here in our 
in our home for a long time, but that's not saying that that's not going to happen. It's probably going to happen again. So we want to be prepared for that. I mean, we live in North Idaho, guys. We've got guns on our guns. I don't know necessarily how that's going to help us, but you've chosen the wrong house to raid if that's on the agenda. Yeah. I mean, you were talking about, we didn't buy our food, all of our dried goods and whatever, all that supply for an apocalypse. Uh, I just think it is good to be prepared in general for all the reasons yes. that, that, that you said. And it's funny cause we did this in 2020 and I was grateful that we did it. There were so there were, there were riots happening everywhere. There was people all up in arms about everything. And I'm expecting that to happen again, in another, in another presidential election. Yeah. Year, I'm expecting in 20, 2024. 24. Uh, and so I am grateful to be, you know, kind of stocked and supplied. Well, it's peace of mind. It's like when you have money in your savings account and yeah. you aren't living to dollar to dollar to dollar, it's peace of mind. Yeah. And so it really bought us a lot of peace of mind to just know that, Hey, if stuff's out on the grocery store shelves, that's okay. Yes. We're fine. We can survive. Um, if that's what the Lord has for us. I love something that Andy Wilson says, and that is, it stuck with me. I saw this maybe like two years ago. And that is, I say it all the time. <laughs> survival is not the goal. Yeah. And I think that's very, very important. Survival is not the goal. Survival was never the goal of the Bible. I mean, our Lord and savior died yeah. uh, for us. And I really want our kids to grow up knowing that there's things that you can do. You know, we watch these stories or we read stories in books or we watch them in movies where survival is often the goal. And yep. you see the main character making compromises and you think, well, they've got to survive. I mean, yes. it's a cutthroat world out there. Even if it's not for their own physical survival, they need to somehow keep their job or they need to keep their status or something. And that results in lying or stealing or doing whatever. And somehow you as the viewer find yourself invested in this protagonist and are cheering them on as they survive yeah. because you're in it. You're, you're watching the story for the survival, <laughs> but <laughs> here in real here in you know, real life and as believers, survival's not the goal. So the Lord very well, will have suffering for us or he might have death for us and that is not the end goal yeah it's, i'm glad you brought that up because that is something that can be helpful about knowing what's going on in the world is trying to see where you're at in in the story in the narrative because like i said you read the old testament and you read much of the new testament and you're thinking man crazy stuff has always happened people were getting killed for their faith you know god's people have been getting oppressed and since forever and here we are we're Christians. We're here in the 21st century. What's going on in the world? How, what's our, what's our character, so to speak, you know, going to ND Wilson, that's kind of what he would ask. It's like, what would our, what should our character do at this point in, in the story? And, and we just, you had never seen this before, but not recently we watched uh, Braveheart, the William oh, Wallace movie. Oh yeah. Elisha showed movie. me Braveheart. And that, I mean, that is like a perfect example of of what you just said, survival not being yeah. the goal because, and I don't remember all the characters names, but you obviously have William Wallace, who is this heroic character that ultimately loses his life for the cause and for, you know, fighting for freedom. Uh, but then there's that, uh, there's that Lord, right. That is his dad's like his mentor. I don't know oh, if you remember the, the Bruce, case. whatever. Yeah, the you're Bruce. right. The Bruce. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, he's one of the nobles there. And I think he is, yeah, he's, a, he's a Lord of one lands yeah, and yeah. his dad's his mentor. And he's telling him basically everything you were just saying. Yeah. He's telling him, this is how you survive. This is how you survive. Exactly. And this is you, how you ride this out. Yeah. You got to kiss the ring, so to speak, just kind of go along with the oppressive, you know, English rule here 
and do not do not go along with this William Wallace. This guy's a radical. Like he's fighting on principle. Principle's gonna get you killed. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. have some compromise and you'll be able to live to tell about it. And and the conflict in that guy in that character's heart in the Bruce was a was one that I think a lot of Christians probably feel. I know I've felt it before, because you're hearing that voice in your head saying, well, yeah, like if I just go along and, and that's going to, it's so clear to me when I'm watching this, what this means to me, it's so clear to me that it's like, yeah, just don't bring up like Christ's death and resurrection in this context, you know, don't, don't bring up like the, the sin of homosexuality to these people don't, you know, necessarily deter people from propagating their, whatever their agenda is, you know, with some progressive ideology um and and it's like it was so clear to me what that what that compromise was for me this day and age and i think that when you know the world events that can be a very easy thing too because like you were even talking about the world events there are there there's always instantaneously like two narratives uh you know when, when there whenever there's a war whenever there's a famine whenever there's an oppressed people you're going to have like these two narratives and it's like so which side are you gonna which side are you gonna be on and as as much as it's obviously it's not like you have to choose a side you want to stand with truth you know which you know like in your heart of hearts i think usually which one is the side of compromise where you're kind of like oh this one's like more culturally acceptable if i go and the, and the culturally acceptable line are always just like well it's complicated yeah you know, i was gonna say usually there's someone the third perspective is the most likely to be applauded and that is straight down the middle where you're kind of like well there's some good things on this side and there's yeah. good some good things on this side and bad things on both sides and not that that's not true sometimes that's the right stance to take uh but sometimes it's just kind of I don't know, overcomplicating it a little bit. Yeah, it is. It is like with Roe versus Wade. Roe versus Wade. Like I'll just say, example. Every Christian yes. and a lot, not a lot, uh, but some of the Christians that I respected were trying to do this whole. It's complicated, and it's like you know what? It's not complicated. When babies are, when our country is ruling that babies shouldn't be dying at any at, at these different stages, that is a win, and you take it as a win. Or I mean, uh, yeah, just. Without being primarily ruling against the killing of babies. Yes, yes. Yes. It's not good if people are ruling that they can be killed at various stages. No, no, no. That's That's, not good. That's not what I was saying. It's not a perfect win, but you can just cheer that it's a step in the right direction. Sure, you can cheer that. Unapologetically. But then just you take the subject as a whole, and abortion is not a complicated situation. And, And I've been, I guess, I've been persuaded by people in the past that it is that it's great well you don't know this scenario and that scenario and the health of this and the health of her and and it's like oh when it comes down to it there are people that that think it's okay to kill babies and there's those that don't think it's okay to to kill babies under Mm -hmm. any circumstances and i stand this and i just stand on the side that it's never okay to kill babies under any circumstances flat out survival is not the goal yeah (laughs) you have to come back to that right you know what i'm saying like sometimes that is going to mean hardship for the mom yes. and often it will mean hardship for the mom and that's just not the goal yeah it's her- again just like look at the history of humankind yeah. like that is the sacrifice of parenthood like the sacrifice yeah. of mothers and fathers for their children is kind of built into is built into the equation in a lot of ways in the way this doesn't have to have to be that way and obviously we're grateful when it's not that way but that's a common part of history and going back to just that narrative of survival not being the goal 
I want that to be so clear for me because boy, is it so easy to look retroactively at whatever, you know, William Wallace and, and, and be like, Oh yeah, like that he was a virtuous man that lived according to principle. And, and that's so admirable and honorable. And, and then you, you know, you condemn people that is Christians, you condemn Christians that stood silently while the Holocaust was happening, you know, like German Christians that like turned a blind, blind eye. And then you see the Christians that stood up for, uh, you stood against the evil and they were killed for it. And you just, you're like, well, that's definitely what I would be doing. Okay. Like I would be doing that. Right. And, but then you put yourself into here we are in 2023 and you're like, what are the atrocities that I am being that the Christian that's turning a blind eye or like, I kind of like my life. I like being comfortable. I like, you know, being able to go out to dinner and go on dates with my wife. And, and in that it's like, you're like, what are, what are the things I'm full on turning a blind eye to for the sake of comfort and the praise of man. I'm getting convicted over and over and over reading The Hiding Place to the Kids because Casper Ten Booms, Corey's dad, he has this opportunity when he goes before the Gestapo. The Gestapo's like, hey, you're an old man. Just go on home, you know, and just don't cause any more trouble. And this old guy stands up and he's like, I am going to go home. And the first Jew that asks me for help, I'm going to open the door to him and help yeah. him. And then instantly, you know, all kindness is turned off and this old man is like totally mistreated. But like, how easy would that be to just wow. think, oh, that's a great opportunity. I'm just going to slide on home quietly and I'm going to continue quietly helping Jews. But he just like stood so firmly for what he believed in. Anyways, there's dozens of instances like that in this book where I'm like, you what? You know? Yeah. Boy, that Very is convicting. convicting. That is convicting because like you said, they were just giving him the out. They're like, hey, here's an easy out. Like you can you can back up, you can back out of this real real easily. Uh and he and he lived consistently with his Christian convictions. Yeah, just like boldly. Yes. He, it wasn't like this undercover Christianity. Yes. And I really respect that. I think that it's so easy for us to talk about hardship or bad things. When we're sitting here in our cozy little studio, what comes to mind is the movie Cinderella Man, actually. I've had this. It's kind of like my nightmare a little bit because the couple's relationship before the Great Depression reminds me so much of ours. You know, it's just like, it's romantic. They love each other. Their life's beautiful. It's awesome. And then you see them, the depression's happening. He's can't provide because, you know, everyone's starving. Their kids are starving. She sends their kids away. They're getting into these fights. And it's just like brutal, mm. right? And that very well may be in our future. And I trust that the Lord's grace will be sufficient if he brings us through something like that or something worse. And so it's very, I'm just catching the irony of us sitting here being so optimistic, I guess, about the future, talking about these heavy terms so lightly. When it's like, I have never had to actually choose between my survival or my comfort yeah. of any kind. Okay. Yeah. I have grown up in a very comfortable situation. And so uh, I can only trust that God's strength will be sufficient in my weakness when he asks us to walk through times that are extremely trying. Yeah. Um, but... That said, regardless of how that looks, whether that looks economic or whether that looks just, you know, in our own family, there's families that who cares about what's going on in the rest of the world? They're walking through one of the darkest times of their life just within their own little family and no yeah. one knows about it. Yeah. Right. And you yeah. could walk through incredible tragedy 
and it never hits a headline. And so I really think we don't know what the future holds and we can sit around being dreary about it. And who knows what's going to happen. We can sit around our entire lives being dreary about it. And what we're scared of never ends up happening. Yeah. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Like, wow. What a waste of anxiety. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Like, <laughs> like we are told to be anxious for nothing. And I think the big reason for that is because the Lord is reigning. He is currently reigning. He is currently in control. He's currently on his throne. And I do think that theology really comes into play when it comes to how we view the world. Yeah. Because when you have this perspective of nothing can stop God's gospel from going out, people are getting saved. More people are getting saved. That is something that we can celebrate regardless of what happens to our particular country or regardless to what happens to our particular lives, God's mission is being accomplished and nothing is happening outside of him allowing that to happen. Yeah. And so when you have this complete belief that, hey, things are going according to plan, there is incredible peace that you can have in that, knowing that. Yeah, that is so nice to think about. And it's was. I would couple that, and I agree with everything that you said. It's like here we are, like sitting in our nice climate-controlled studio, talking about catastrophes and and crazy things yeah. happening throughout the world, and people dying, uh, and and throwing our opinion in, on it. But here, that's what we're doing, so we'll keep doing it uh, and speculating as to like what what would we do in those circumstances? We really get to answer the question: what we do today. It's like if like that's he's a, yeah. that's faithful with a little will be faithful with much and. If you can't live faithfully before the Lord in the comfort of America, then, I mean, I don't think you're set up to live faithfully in a war zone or mm -hmm. experiencing great, you know, oppression for your faith. And here we have an opportunity to live faithfully before, before the Lord day in and day out. And like you said, Katie, babe, putting our hope in, in the finished work of Christ and the mission that he's going to see through to completion and that we are on that like that's our guy, like our, we, we have, that's our master and commander and yeah. that's, that's the one we're following. And, and when you know, when you start off your day knowing like, okay, we're going to die someday. I want to, and so survival is a bad goal because it's not attainable. Like we're going to die. True. You're, gonna, you're failing from the start. Yeah. And so you say, okay, whether it's tomorrow, whether it's tonight, tomorrow, or in 80 years, I'm going to die. And I want to live faithfully to my, to my leader. I want to walk mm -hmm. in a way that's, that's worthy of the calling wherewith he's called us to, and, and not in a self-righteous way, not in some legalistic way where you think you're going to earn any of your righteousness, but in response to what he's done for us. And it, in light of the reality that we are now his children, we are walk, we are children of the light. We are his, you know, workmen created, or we are his, uh, handy work, you know, created, in Christ Jesus for his good works. Uh, and you know, we're as his ambassadors, we are his soldiers here on earth. And so it's a, when you consider all of that, I, my hope would be that you come away and be like, okay, yeah, I would stand, I would stand in front of the firing line for Christ because I'm going to die. I want to die like dying for the cause explicitly for the, for the cause of Christ, like, or like very definitively. What a glorious way to die. Well, yeah. Something else that I always used to be, you know, going back to theology, something else that I always used to be concerned about was, you know, I'd see these people apostatizing or hear about people apostatizing. And then you read like Fox's book of martyrs. And it's like, I can never sustain that. Yeah. Like I'm going to give up. And that was one of my biggest fears as a child mm. was apostatizing. If Christians in my country came 
under the persecution that people in other countries are going under as we speak and have for generations and centuries. And the Lord has just completely freed me from that and reminded me that he started the work, right? He that is faithful to begin a good work in us will finish it. And I think that that is so encouraging for me, knowing that, oh, I'm Christ's. He has me. Nothing is going to change that here on earth. Nothing's going to change that when it comes to my children. He is my children. And he's the one who does the saving. He saved them. He saved me. He's going to keep me saved. And regardless of what happens, he has me. Yeah. So when it comes to the stuff going on in the world, I guess I just have complete peace I don't think about it on a day in and day out basis uh, because none of it is specifically like in any way, shape or form affecting North Idaho. Mm -hmm. So we're just chilling over here. And I will say that we've kept this perspective. Like I think 2020 was probably the most we've been affected by something here in our country, sure. like as far as you and me and stuff like that. And it was interesting to see how different people handled that because I never think that we are called to, you know, thinking of the parable of the talents, sit on our talent out of fear and just wait for the Lord to show up. Mm -hmm. We are always supposed to be investing. We're always supposed to be building. We're always supposed to be um, growing what he has given us. And so if researching the headlines and sitting in front of your computer, you know, or my computer watching reels or news outlets or whatever the case may be. And then we go in and we're anxious and we're depressed and we aren't investing into our children and we aren't investing into our marriage and we don't have a multi-generational mindset because we all think it's going to go up in smoke tomorrow and we all think we're going to get bombed or whatever. We're never called to that. Mm -hmm. At least I never see that in scripture. We're always supposed to be furthering the mission that God has given us here on earth for as long as we could possibly do it. And if he stops us via, you know, bombing or via tragedy of any kind, then we're stopped and we can be clear that, hey, there's a lightning bolt here. This is the will of God. We're just supposed to you know, scratch and claw and well, yeah, but you do whatever be, he's called us to. You'd be busy moment. about his work, hopefully. Yes. You would be keeping yourself yes. occupied with the work that he's laid before us. But we're always supposed to be occupied with the work that is laid before us. Mm-hmm. And so if what is going on in the world is not the work that the Lord has given you to do right now, then I would say, close the computer and do what he's given you to do mm-hmm. because it doesn't affect us currently yes it doesn't so i guess we aren't handling we aren't handling what's going on in the world right now yes to answer the question yeah how do you deal with all that's going on in the yeah, world we aren't dealing with it yeah we're knowledgeable of it and then we're moving on because we don't have to deal with it right now right and we I might have to in I, the future it's, it's not ours to deal with yes. right now yeah mm-hmm. because of the positions that we're in and where we live and what we're doing for work like I said, as Christians, you you cast your cares before the Lord with prayer and supplication. You make your request be made unto Him, and then what the peace of God that passes all understanding uh, guides and keeps you. And and so, I do think that yeah, with what you're knowledgeable of, you are. Or I think it is as Christians we pray about it and we and we cast our cares before the Lord. Yeah. But then with what our hand finds to do that day, you do it heartily as unto Him. And and I'm with you, Katie. It's it's uh, if it's if consuming news and if you know, having that be a part of your, 
your, uh, your, your, um, like your mental nutrition, you know, with what you're yeah. consuming on a regular basis is hindering the work that he has before you, you just get, get rid of it. And, and, and I will say this too, for the work that he has for most people, the information that's most helpful for that is usually the hardest information to access. And the information that's the easiest to access is usually not that helpful to what he has you being about. That's good. You, uh, well, I don't know if it's true or not, but that's what I think. No, I do think it. I do think it's true. I stand with you. You stand with me. Yeah, well, stand too close. No. <laughs> you can stand as close as you want. Uh, but I think of that w with information. It's so much like food, where like the easiest to access is like the worst for you and the least yes. helpful. And when you think of like the just the budgets of the huge media outlets, right? Like the billions of dollars, these billions, uh, the, these corporations worth billions of dollars, uh, and what they are able to spend in ad, ad money, you know, and in marketing dollars to get it in front of you. That's the easiest to get, right? Cause it's just coming right at you. It's the least helpful for our journey. And then you think of what's the most helpful for fatherhood or for motherhood or for growing in, in your Christian faith. It's usually the hardest information to access. It's like the Bible written in really tiny print and yeah. And that's what, Complex. and it's convicting because you're like, oh, it's not that hard. It's right in front of me. But that's how the human brain works. What's easier is sliding through, like you said, reels. Well, it's not appealing. A, it's not flashy. It's yes. not lights. It's not celebrity gossip on it. It's. Yeah. You don't, you don't find yourself like, wait, you're like, wow, I just spent four hours in the word like you do when you get lost in social media. People get lost in social media and they get lost in these apps. Uh, you know, and, and I think that that's just something that I've deceived myself in and been like, oh, I don't go, I don't read the news. Like I don't get on news outlets or I don't get, and, but I I'm spending multiple hours a day watching short clips of news, mm -hmm. you know, on YouTube or on, on what Instagram, uh, thinking that I'm not getting on news outlets. It's like, of course, like this is worse. This is like worst. This is a worse version of just getting on and reading the news. You should just get the paper, you know, the newspaper, if you're going to be doing that. Um, but I often think about that with what's the most advantageous for what we are called to. It usually requires a lot of intentionality in accessing that information and having it equip us and the information that's coming to us with ease. That's just like free flowing to us is usually like counterproductive to what we're, it's usually a hindrance to what we want to be accomplishing. Yeah, that's good. Thanks, Elisha. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I would also say take, if you do think something is impending or is going to happen, then taking action on that can give you peace of mind too, no doubt. Yes. just in the moment. It's never a good idea to just sit there and wallow and stew. So like when we are stressed out about like, Hey, maybe there's going to be a food crisis in our country going out and buying food was a very peace of mind thing for us to do. You know, if you do think there's going to be world war three and then maybe like, I don't know, train for it or come up with a family, what you would do if there was a draft or something, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like have a, have a plan of action for it. Maybe it happens, maybe it doesn't, but even going through that process can maybe give you more peace of mind. Taking action is always helpful. It, yes. it reduces stress and it lowers anxiety. And yeah, you, at the end of taking your action, you realize, oh, you know what? My only hope is in the Lord. Like, I mean, you should yes. be thinking that the entire time, but I even think of that when there was like uh, Hamas had like some call to arms, I think like a couple days after the terrorist attack in Israel. And it was, I forget what they call it, like a day of reckoning or a day of vengeance or something. And 
And so some people in my community were kind of sending out warnings to be like, mm -hmm. hey, be aware, this is something that's going on. And, and clearly there's a lot of Islamic radicals in the US. And so you need to be aware mm -hmm. in your communities and what's going on. And so I like did a full on inventory check, you know, of like, okay, what, you know, what, where, where are my weapons? Where's what my, would we do if something like a terrorist ammo? attack happened in our yes. community? Yes. Like what are our escape routes? And after doing that for like five minutes, you realize you're pretty dang vulnerable. You're like, well, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> sure. I'll, I'll put up a fight if I can, <laughs> but, uh, but it was still felt good to kind of mm -hmm. like think it through and to, you know, be like, okay, well, at the end of the day, like you, with prayer and supplication, make your request be done unto the, to God, you know, set the alarm system, lock the doors, go to bed. You know, you still have to, you know, get up the next morning. Um, but it was kind of, I don't know, there was something that brought a peace of mind of like going through our own checklist. It's like, okay, are our go bags ready? You know, do we have we almost things? shot the mail delivery guy, but yeah, I was pretty, I was pretty <laughs> high strung at that point. <laughs> Halloween, uh, we had this bus drive up, like unmarked bus at what, 11 at night? Way too late. And this, I don't know, this is bad. <laughs> I, don't I don't know what they were doing. This is on them. Story, no, but... I'm not going to. that. <laughs> but it gave us uh, a good, a good. It was a good little practice run. On, like how you and I would do under burst. stress, you know? <laughs> because if a terrorist attack happens, it is happening at our house in our suburb. <laughs> Uh, anyways, we've had our fair share of taking maybe too much action. But anyways, we hope you guys enjoyed that video. Talk to you ne next week. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. <laughs> Bye.